Now understand something. So before he started creation, I'm going to show you some scriptures. Before he started creation, before he created the first planet, the first moon, the cosmos, before he created the angels, there was a conversation on the inside of God about you and me. Well, praise the wonderful name of Jesus, everybody. Hello, this is Pastor Mark A. Stroud, and I thank you once again for joining me for another episode of Kingdom Rock Radio. Well, on today's broadcast, we're going to speak from the subject of what's the big deal about Christmas? Yeah, now don't worry about it. This is a message that you can hear year round and it's going to help you to focus and understand who Jesus is and who you really are in him. So you don't want to miss not one word of it. It's going to be important. And I'm so glad that you decided to join me today. By the way, don't forget to join us on our website 24 hours a day at www.kingdomrock.org. I've got some exciting things there for you to see, and I really want to stay connected with you. All right, without any further ado, here comes today's message entitled, What's the Big Deal About Christmas? Right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. We do pray that you would open up our our ears, that that we would hear, open up our minds, that we could receive and comprehend what you are about to say. Great Holy Spirit, you are the teacher. We ask you to lead us and give us wisdom and guidance and instruction and just open up the word of God so that we may uh, be attentive to it, so that we may learn, so that we may grow and be even on a higher level than once we once, uh, we came in. Lord, we thank you. We thank you, Lord God, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, Matthew, the first chapter, Matthew 8 and uh, verse 18 through 25, commonly known as the Christmas story. Commonly known as Christmas story. Let's go ahead and read this. Matthew, the uh, first chapter, verses 18 through 25. And uh, we're going to, I'm just going to read this to you out of the King James Version, then we'll go further. And it starts like this. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph. Before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily or privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost, and she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all all of this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name, what? Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Verse 24, then, then Joseph being raised from sleep. Now it's important that you see the word sleep just for a moment. Then Joseph being raised from sleep did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him and took unto him his wife and knew her not till she brought forth her firstborn son. And he called his name Jesus. 
Now, you're going to see a great number of things today. One thing that I will bring out to you just in this very point here is that surrounding the birth of Christ uh, was uh, you'll find a, a lot of angelic activity, a lot of angels, a lot of angelic activity surrounded the birth of Christ. Not only did the angel um, Gabriel come to Mary and speak to her, but the angel also does not say his name in this context, but I believe this is also Gabriel also goes to Joseph. Now understand something. Angels, the ministry of angels is, is quite spectacular because they can not only, of course, they're operating in the spirit realm and they're with us actually right this very moment. There's a host of angels with us in this very room and they have their own assignment and jurisdiction. But you'll find that angels, of course, they exist in the spirit and they can also manifest in the natural. We see that there in the book of, um, or rather in the case of, of uh, Sodom and Gomorrah there in the book of Genesis, how the angels went with, uh, well, went into the city of, city of Sodom and Gomorrah and they had physical bodies and the men of Sodom desired to have them. So angels can travel in the spirit world and they can also travel in the natural world. And we see here in this context that they can also travel into the dream world. I want you to see these things because so the holy angels are, so are also the fallen angels. They're also angels. Okay, fallen angels can also be given the name many times of demon. I want you to notice something, how these things are operating in the spirit. They can operate in the natural and they can also enter into dreams. In this context, this is very good because the angel entered into the into Joseph's dream. And he spoke with Joseph in the dream, interact with Joseph in the dream. Some say, well, that was a vision that he saw. It was a daydream. No, the Bible says clearly that when he woke up from sleep. So the angel was able to interact in a dream. The dream world is very real. Side point. So this is another reason why I've told you before in the past, before you go to bed, pray. Pray, cover the cover your head, cover yourself with the blood of Jesus. Pray because that is an interactive world. And you can be in the dream world and experience things and bring some of those things from that world into this world. You can have thoughts of dreams of betrayal and anger and grief. And you bring all of that right out of that world into this and you get up in a horrible mood. Anybody have been there before? You can bring different things out of that world into this one. It's a different world from where you come from. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it at all. So that was a side point. We'll talk more about that. Should the Lord be willing about the dream world? Uh, It is very real. But as we speak about the birth of Christ, there are four questions I want to really ask you. And I'm going to give you the answers to these. And then we'll talk about just a moment. In just a moment, we'll talk about the eight elements surrounding the birth of Christ in just a moment. 
But there are four things that you need to know as it relates to the birth of Christ. Are you all still with me today? First of all, uh, we need to ask the question, why was the child born? Why was Christ born in the first place? Why was he born in the manger? Well, the Bible says emphatically that he was born to save his people from their sins. Amen. He was born to teach us an example, uh, to teach and leave us an example, should we say, and to die a sacrificial death uh, to appease the wrath of God. Okay, so when you think about Christmas, first of all, you need to think that Christmas is there, the birth of Christ is there. One, the baby's born to save us from our sins. That Jesus would be the Lamb of God who would take away the sins of the world, who would die so that we could live. Christmas. Are you hearing? Why should we celebrate the birth of Christ? Why should we celebrate it? To honor God. To honor God for giving the gift of redemption, of restoration, of salvation. He did that for us, for mankind. Now, man cannot be brought into a loving relationship with God without God's gift. You cannot be brought back into favor with God without this gift. You understand that? How was he born? He was born to save us from our sins. How do we celebrate it? Uh, We celebrate it by giving God thanks. Thank you for giving that gift. Are you hearing me? How should we celebrate it? We should celebrate it. Uh, here again, by thanking God for the gift that he alone uh, has given us. And uh, we can also uh, celebrate it by giving in the same spirit and mindset that God did. He gave freely, knowing that his gift would not be received by everybody. Now, God's gift gives all the time. We should not hypocritically give just one day a year and think that we are celebrating the birth of Christ. Are you hearing? Christmas is not about Santa Claus. It is not about toys. It is not about the food. It is not about the parties. It is not about the presents. It is not about the shopping. It is not about the snow. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. It is not about Scrooge. It is not about these things. It is not about the lights. It is not about the Christmas tree. It's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Although there's nothing wrong with those particular things from time to time, maybe, but they should never overshadow the gift that God gave. Never. Never should... Uh, the birth of Christ be uh, sh- overshadowed by a man with a red suit. Amen. But it has become that sales and and discounts and running here and running there trying to buy a lot of things that frankly many cannot afford. And people think that so much that Christmas is about the gift that if they don't get their children gifts, they will. I've heard them say multiple times, I'm not going to have Christmas this year. I've heard them say on the news when their children's toys were stolen, somebody stole my Christmas. I'm sure you've heard the same thing. Maybe some of you have said the same thing. 
because you couldn't have a toy, but because you couldn't have a dinner, that Christmas is ruined. It's ruined because I cannot have these worldly things that have nothing to do with Jesus. So why do we go back to the very beginning of this? Why Christmas? To honor God for his gift. Now there's nothing wrong with giving each other gifts. But do it in the spirit of God, in the spirit of Christ, in the spirit of giving. Are you hearing? You should never go into debt trying to buy somebody a gift unless it's me. (laughs) And then it's allowed. No, 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 not really. Here again, why was the birth of Christ necessary? Because of you and me. If he did not come, we could not have been restored into the right relationship with God. Man sinned. But if we think that the birth of Christ, the story of Christ, the Christmas story started in the manger, you're a few millennia short of the actual date. It started well before that. And we'll look at some of that today. But before we do, let me show you the eight elements of the birth of Christ that will help you to understand these things. These eight elements of the birth of Christ. Now, you have some things in your, bu- your bulletin already that will help you. You can write these things out. Let me show you, show you these eight elements of the birth of Christ. Number one, the father. The first element is the father. The father gave the son. Everything starts off with God. Everything starts off with the father. The second element, of course, is the son himself, who is the seed of God, the only begotten God, full of grace and truth. The third element, of course, would be the Holy Spirit, the one who overshadowed Mary. Overshadowing Mary, making her pregnant with the seed of God, with the Christ. The fourth element we just talked about a moment ago were the holy angels. They prepared the way for the seed. They protected Mary and Joseph. They also announced the news to nearby shepherds. They also brought provision. They made sure that the baby had provision. God was the father. And uh, here, of course, there is again, there's Mary. Uh, Mary, uh, there is one who carried the baby. But listen, God is not a deadbeat dad because he he brought provisions for his child. Of gold, frankincense and myrrh. That'll keep you for a while. Are you hearing? He provided for the child and he used the angels to do so. Also on the supernatural side, you'll also find the devil active. Uh, They're trying to kill or destroy the seed. Of course, you'll find Mary, the one who actually received the seed, who carried the seed, who gave birth to the child. You have Joseph, the one who covered and protected the child, the seed, the child. Joseph was a covering. Without Joseph, um, you know, there would have been no covering for the child, the natural child. The father provides a covering for the children in the household. So God made sure that Joseph was in place to give natural covering. Are you hearing me? And then the eighth element you'll see is the entire human race in all creation. Christ was given, Christ was given for the entire, entire generation. 
Are you hearing me? So one, one more, let me say it one more time. One is the Father, two is the Son, three is the Holy Spirit, uh, four is the angels, five is the devil, um, six is Mary, seven is Joseph, and eight is the human race and all of creation. Let's move on now. So here again, let me show you a story as to what took place well before this time and why the birth of Christ was so necessary for all of us. Because in the beginning, God created the entire human race to look like and to be like him. Remember, as the Lord said there in the book of Genesis, he said, let us make man in our image after our own likeness. Uh, the angels uh, would not have the same authority. Understand something. Angels have a will and they can be obedient or disobedient. Thus, you had the rebellion that took place. So the holy angels that still surround God's presence, that surround his glory, are the ones who are obedient to God, obedient to his word, obedient to his will. Angels have a will. But those angels, how powerful they are and majestic they are, can never be as powerful as man. Because man was prepared, was made, was begotten. We were begotten. First we were created. But through the womb of the spirit, we're now begotten. Amen. And when something is begotten, it becomes an exact likeness. Amen. As Jesus was the only begotten of the father, full of grace and truth. We are now also begotten of God through the womb of the Holy Spirit. So we become once again, an exact representation of God almighty. Not only that, we house the very presence of God himself because of what Jesus has done we become temples of the Holy Spirit now there is no angel that was begotten of God at least as we know in scripture nor that would carry the or house the presence of God himself it is only man that does that and so when man fell, it affected everything. When the likeness of God fell, it affected everything. Does that make sense to you? I want you to understand something. So this creation man in the beginning created, but being born again, we are begotten of God. Uh, we would be higher than the angels. And, of course, we would house the very presence of God. And the Lord knew before he created man, he knew that if he would create this awesome being, man, that the angels, that the heavenlies, some would get jealous. One in particular would be jealous. He already knew that. And, of course, that angel, uh, that archangel there was named Lucifer, who became the devil would be jealous over man and God already knew before now all this happened I'm telling you now all this happened before he spoke the word let us make man in our image now we're talking about things that happened well before Genesis this is God had advance notice as a matter of fact uh, there is no time the Lord stands in a place where there is no time time as we know it today came out of God 
Eternity also came out of God. If eternity existed before God, then eternity would be God and not God. Everything that there is came out of God. So there was a time that existed, if we would say that, a period that existed before time and before eternity in the beginning was God. Eternity and time came out of him. Now understand something. So before he started creation, I'm going to show you some scriptures. Before he started creation, before he created the first planet, the first moon, the cosmos, before he created the angels, there was a conversation on the inside of God about you and me. Are you hearing? You've been on God's mind for quite a while. He knew that man would fall before man failed. Jesus Christ being born of the virgin was not God's backup plan. He already knew it. Time and eternity came out of him. And he can stand at the beginning of time or eternity and at the ending of time or eternity all in one glance, all in one stance. And sees who's going to make a decision for Christ and see who will not make a decision for Christ. He saw the evil in man's heart. He saw how man would fall. He saw the rapes. He saw the murders. He, he saw the suicides. He saw the wars. He saw the calamity and all of that. But all of that did not deter him from sending his son for you. Surely he would say, well, let me just scrap the whole idea of man. But instead, he saw you. And he saw me. And decided at that point, I'm going to do it. You understanding? Now let's go into the, let's go into the Bible, the book of Revelation. You can just uh, hear or just read along with me if you like. Revelation 13, and uh, I'm going to read to you some verses to help back at what I'm just, uh, back at what I'm saying to you. Revelation 13, verse number eight. Listen to what it says as we talk about God's advance notice, the foundation of the world. Revelation 13, 8 says this, and all that, all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him, talking about the beast here in Revelation, the false uh, prophet, the Antichrist, all that dwell on the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the book of life slain from the foundation of the world. The word from here, we can really get into that in just a few moments. Um, whose names were not written in the book of life of the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. The word from here can also be translated before. I want you to understand something. The word from can be translated before. It also um, uh, means, it means of separation. It talks of a separation from a place, separation from a place. If I said to you, I'm going from Bremen to Carrollton, the word from separates Bremen and Carrollton. It talks about distance. So we talk here again, the lamb was slain from the foundation of the world. Two separate, two separate periods, two separate places. From, the word from also denotes origin, a starting point here to there this word from 
the foundation talks about here again that when when the lamb was slain the world again was not created nothing was created there was nothing there there was nothingness and it was from that point that the lamb was slain does that make sense to you it was from that moment, from that period, that the lamb was slain. That there was no, I'm not, sure, I'm not sure if there was a physical altar there in heaven or not, but the decision was made. And once God makes a decision, once he declares a word, it is as if it's already done. Now, some of us know that because we keep our words. If I say to you that on Friday at so-and-so time, I will be here, I will give you this, you can pretty much bank on it because you trust in that person. All things being equal and nothing happens, you know that person's going to do what they said. So you can about cash it. It's going to be. He said it. He spoke it. It's going to happen. So it was from that moment before the time of before the time of man, before the time of angels, before the before the cosmos, the universe, the stars, Pluto, Jupiter, all that stuff, before all that, before anything existed, God had you on his mind. Understand something. So it says, before the foundation of the world, the Lamb was slain, which talks about a sacrifice. That was made either in the mind of God before everything took place. So before there were angels, before there were this or that, that was happening. Isn't that something? Let's look at another case here. First Peter one, uh, the 18th verse. It says this for as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversations received by traditions from your fathers. Now he's talking about how Christ has redeemed us. Verse 19, but with the precious blood of Christ, we were redeemed by the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot who verily was foreordained, say foreordained foreordained before the foundation of the world. The death of Christ as sacrifice was foreordained. Foreordained means to have knowledge beforehand. Again, taking place the death of Christ, the, the death of Christ at the, or the plan that God would, uh, the, the plan that Christ would shed his blood took place well before everything began. Now the word the word world here uh, can be translated as it says world, cosmos. It can also be translated universe. So again, before things were anything was, in a void of nothingness, there was God. And God had you on his mind. way back then so it says who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world was made uh, uh, but was but was manifest in these last times for you Christ was made manifest or was seen in these last times for you say for me he was born for me so that you could be living with him. 
Does that make sense to you? Verse 21, who by him do believe in God? Because of Christ, we believe in God that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory that your faith and hope might be in God. Now, let me show you something else. If we go to the book of Matthew, you can just listen or turn with me. Matthew 25, verse um, number 34. Matthew 25, verse 34. This is also a very powerful verse that talks about advanced plans that God had for you before he created anything. Before there were stars, before there was space, space, before there was a moon, Pluto, Jupiter, before there was the first angel, before anything, he had a conversation with himself concerning you. And for some reason, we have a low self-esteem. Hear me. Listen to this. Matthew 25, verse number 34 says this. And this, of course, reveals God's plan for you, God's plan for man. Verse 34, Matthew 25, verse 34 says this. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand. This is talking about the end of time, the end of days, how the Lord is going to separate the nation's people as, as, the shepherds, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He's going to put some on his right hand and, sheep, and some on his uh, left hand. So this is what he's doing. He said, then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, come ye blessed of my father, inherit, say inherit, inherit the what? The kingdom prepared for what? For who? You say me. Prepared for you from what? The foundation of the world. So you telling me here again, that Jesus is going to tell those who are faithful, those that are sheep, those that have been following him, he's going to tell us, come, come, uh, ye bless of my father. He says, inherit. Now, inherit means to receive the portion assigned to you. If someone died and they left a will, in that will we call your, is your inheritance they may have left out that you receive a car a house money whatever it is that's your inheritance that's something that is specifically for you and you alone that's yours what i'm telling you now is that you have something that belongs to you and you alone so he says here he said um Come ye, bless of my father, inherit. Inherit what? What is for me and me alone? Inherit the kingdom. Well, what does kingdom mean? Kingdom means royal power. It means kingship. It means dominion. It means rule. Now, here again, it is God's plan for man to rule with him. And so God said, come, blessed of my father, you've been faithful. Come and inherit. In other words, come and receive that portion of the rule that has been laid up for you. Oh, I pray you get that. Inherit the kingdom or the rule that was prepared. God said, I put this together for you, prepared in advance of this moment. It was settled in advance of this moment, prepared for you from the foundation of the world. There was advanced plans in motion. 
when you get into the presence of God, when you see him, when we finally make it up to heaven, we won't just be sitting on clouds, drinking angel water or whatever. There are advanced plans for man, advanced plans for man. There's a reason why you're made in the image, why you are begotten uh, of, the, of the Father out of the womb of the Holy Spirit. There's a reason why you are twice born, born once of a woman here in the earth, and secondly, out of the womb of the Spirit. There's a reason why you're twice born, born again. There's a reason why you have the Spirit of God living on the inside of you. There is a reason for that. Because the Lord said, I've been thinking about you, I have plans for you, and you're going to rule with me. We're going to rule with the Lord. See, this is why we are seated in Christ in heavenly places. And where is Christ seated? At the right hand of God. You can't find that anywhere else where any other angel is seated in God's presence. There is something about you that is so powerful. Some so unrestrainable. But still, with all this power, mankind is duped into not knowing who you are and what you have. Man fell in the garden with all that awesome power. The enemy still was able to talk him out of his relationship with God. But the father knew that that would happen. Because Adam and Eve, in the beginning, Adam and Eve did not have the Spirit of God living on the inside of them. The blood of God was not spilled over their life. It was not shed at that point. He knew it. God used that experience. He knew what the devil would do. He knew what Satan would do. He used that to usher in the Christ. He used that to get into the second part, of course. And the second part is talking about the son, the seed. He used that. He used that as an avenue to bring himself into the earth. Now, this is such, uh, this is something that just blows the mind, blows my mind. How is it possible? It's like you being born of some sort of amoeba. All that you are. Being born of some, being born in the belly of some microscopic organism. Say, how is that possible? Or all that you are born in the, born in the womb of some ant. How, how is that possible? How, how is that possible? All of God. Jesus is Emmanuel. God with us. In the fullness of time, God made him a body. He said, I'm going to make myself a body. And he wrapped himself up in flesh and walked among us. God Almighty walked among man. Why would you do that, Jesus? So that you could understand him. So that you could know him. So that you could interact with him. So that you could hold him. Don't you understand, even in the Old Testament, when people, um, uh, they heard the voice of God sound like thunder and lightning and and the people trembled and shake and they fell they could not relate oh no Moses you talk to God we don't want to talk oh whoa whoa that's too much they couldn't relate to the awesome power of God 
The same God that was saying, I love you and I give my life to you was the same one that thundered from heaven. They couldn't relate to him. So he made himself a body. He found himself a vessel and he began to walk among us. And now he's seen hugging people. God hugging, walking. Now you see him there forgiving sins and, and showing mercy. Are you hearing? Isaiah said it like this. And as, as we're beginning to close, we're not going to get to all this today. Isaiah says this way in Isaiah, the ninth chapter, verse six, he says, for unto us, a child is born unto us. A son is given and the government shall be upon his shoulders and his name shall be called wonderful counselor, the mighty God. Hearing and people say, is Jesus God? The Bible says emphatically that Christ is God over and over and over and over again. He said, for his name shall be called wonderful counselor, mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace. Disciples said, uh, Philip said to the Lord, show us the father that it may suffice us. Uh, Lord, Jesus said, what have you been so long with me? Peter, don't uh, rather Philip, you don't understand if you've seen me, you've seen the father. It should be to the case, to the point, if you hear me. That it should be the same testimony with you and me. They say, show me Jesus. Have you been with me so long time you haven't seen Jesus, haven't seen Christ? We'll grow into those pants. We'll we'll grow into those. Because you have Christ on the inside of you. There should be some of Christ that can be seen coming out of you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. For unto us a child is born. He said, but listen, the son was given. The son existed well before the child, the flesh, the body of Christ. The body was born in the manger. The flesh was born in the manger, but the son existed well before anything and everything. Are you hearing me? God made him a body. We know from in John, the first chapter, that the word of God was made flesh and dwelt among us. We know this, and we his, he is called Emmanuel, God with us. Oh, there's so much more. There's so much more. There's so much more. There are eight distinct elements concerning the birth of Christ, and they all have something to do with you and God bringing you to your fullness in Christ Jesus so when the devil tells you that you're less than nothing or you'll never be anywhere you never do anything just roll your eyes when people tell you that you'll never be anything you never go anywhere nothing's ever going to happen for you just roll your <laughs> what, are, what are you talking about when they make you feel like you're less than valuable or less than nothing, then they really don't understand who you really are. Help me tell your neighbor, God has plans for you. Rich plans, great plans that extend far past this moment. So what is Christmas all about? Christmas is about God showing himself faithful to bring you back with him. 
into a prepared place that you would rule and reign with him for an eternity. I pray you receive the word of God today. Let's give the Lord a mighty hand of praise. Amen. Let's give him a hand of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, well, that's it, my friends, for this recorded message. Thank you so much for hearing this audio CD. Now, here's the next step. Take the CD out and share it with a friend. And don't forget, there is a QR code that is quick response code on the front of the CD. Well, you just take your smartphone out and you scan that code. And guess what? You'll install the Kingdom Rock app right on your mobile device. And in the Kingdom Rock app, uh, it's available, of course, in the Android market and iPhone. And you can have the web app if you have another type of phone. Well, once you scan that code, you'll have access into our entire archive of messages. There are probably hundreds or thousands of messages there that you can hear. And they're made new and fresh, uploaded fresh every single week. Glory of the Lord. So I want you to take advantage of that. It's going to be a blessing to you. All right, well, before we go, I want to just say a word of prayer over your life. I pray that God will richly bless you. Take a moment and pray with me. Well, let's go ahead and pray. Dear Father, I thank you for my friend that is right now listening to this audio CD. I ask you to bless them and cause your light to shine upon them and cause them to see better days. Cause them to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and as their Savior. And Father, I pray that the power of darkness will be broken off of their lives and that they would see Jesus plainly, brightly, and victoriously in their own lives. Bless my friend today, I ask, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. And my friend, if you have never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior, you know, we have a good time to do it. So just continue to play the CD, and I'm going to lead you in the prayer of salvation. And of course, there is no magical words, no magical words that will get you into the kingdom of God, but this short prayer of salvation start you on the way. And after we finish praying, do me a favor, look for a good local church, a good Bible-believing local church that will help you in your spiritual growth and development. Get baptized in the wonderful name of Jesus, and I pray that you will be filled with God's precious spirit. Remember, if you're ever in the Bremen area, you're welcome, more than welcome, to stop by and worship with us. Every Sunday morning at 10 a.m., just check our website for more details at www.kingdomrock.org. All right, you ready to pray? Let's pray. I'll pray for you and then you just repeat after me, okay? Father, your word declares that those who come to you, you will in no wise cast out. So Lord, I'm bringing my friend to you right now. Regardless of where they've been, regardless of what they have done, I know that the blood of Jesus was shed on their behalf and you want to forgive them. You're waiting to forgive them. And I ask you that you would hear us as we pray. All right, my friend. All right, come on, let's pray together. And just say with me, Father, I admit that I have sinned. I have done wrong. I have fallen short of your plans for my life. But I believe in Jesus. I believe that he is a savior of the world. And I may not know how everything works, but I do believe. I ask you, Lord Jesus, 
to come into my heart and to fill me and to make me yours. And I will serve you all the days of my life as you show me how. I need you and I thank you for washing my sins away and making me whole. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, my friends, I believe that that is the start of a wonderful relationship between you and God the Father. Continue with this rich word. And join us next time for more Kingdom Rock Radio. We love you.